Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship, the greatest church, not just in St. Charles, Illinois. I'm going to go ahead and say Illinois, Midwest, Mm. North America, perhaps. Mm. And uh, did I say I'm the lead pastor of that church? Yeah, you did. And then... uh, is that all I'm supposed to say? Yeah. I got, dist- I got distracted by the greatness of this church. Oh, there you go. Uh, and I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. You know what I'm, you know what I'm like just kind of high on like how happy I am with this local church? Why is that? Because uh, one of our preachers was preaching today. Yep. And I had no responsibilities. So nope. I show up for first service with my family. Yep. Get to worship, yeah. listen to the word preached, and get out. Mm-hmm. It was great. I went to the cigar shop after that and uh, and just uh, worked on some stuff. So it was really good. And But... Man, Scott can preach. Like all of our preachers Fantastic. can preach. They know the word. They're confident in the word. And Scott, like he has, I mean, you know, Scott, I don't know. He's probably, I'm going to guess, Scott, don't take offense. I think you're 10 years older than I am. And he's been studying a long but time. Like, yeah, 60, 70 years more wiser. Oh, easily. Yeah. Easily. But he never comes off heavy. And I told him, you know, you're, you're clearly knowledgeable. You're, yep. you're, you're very comfortable with the text, but you never come off haughty or arrogant. Yep. You don't talk down to anybody. Like it just, we have confidence in your ability to handle the word and what God is doing in you. And it was a great word. And that last thing he kept saying is the resurrection is real. Yeah. So live like it. Yeah. It was just good stuff, man. It was so fantastic. I'm, just, I'm, I'm high on Redeemer, man. Yeah, man, I love our church. Love our church. How you doing? You know, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You should be doing good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stop. What? Stop. Do a thing. Don't. They can't. Don't point at it. I'm not pointing at it. Stop it. Why are you? You're making this up because I'm not. I'm literally smoking a cigar. I'm not pointing at it. What are you? Leave it alone. Okay. What are you doing? What is it? Where's this going? I know what you're looking at. Okay. You're, You're trying to get me to talk about my tooth that's coming out. You have another tooth that's Don't, out? don't, you knew it. And we talk, and you're really sitting did. here, but my back okay. tooth that I broke on a chip. And I can't believe that you're going to sit here okay, and talk l- about okay, this let's back up. Let's back up for a second. Because, like, uh, listen, this no. sounds like one of those bits that the other podcasts do. I have no idea what you're talking about. What are you talking about? I don't want to talk about it. I know that a long time ago, while we were eating at Barrel and Rye, you chipped a tooth on a caramelized walnut. Okay, okay, all right, all right. And, like, half your tooth fell out of the table. Okay, is that the same tooth we're talking about now? You you know it's the same tooth okay, and it's coming I don't, out. Is it actually coming out Stop now? Stop it. It's wiggling and it hurts. Oh, man. I can't. I, can't. I love that you're, you're being so vulnerable no, right now. You, you knew. I'm, I didn't I'm, know. I didn't you, know. You've been pointing. I have not been You were staring and you know I'm hearing, I'm talking weird. When you say all that, people think I'm actually doing that. I'm not doing that. No, so you're, you're, just, you're just trying to make th- me feel uncomfortable I for when I point out your zit. you are conscious because you have, uh, what would you call it? Um, trailer mouth? I don't know what you would call it. You'd have... The kind, you no, know, stop. You know, the mouth like I have. I don't. I'm missing a bunch of teeth too. So you're just joining my ranks. Oh, maybe you stop smoking cigars and it's, uh, it, was a, it was a chip. Do some of that coconut was, oil pulling. Yeah, do that. What? You put the coconut oil in your mouth and you swish it around. It's called pulling, and it's supposed to like rejuvenate your teeth. I've never, I've never heard of this. Yeah, it's a thing. Google it. Coconut pulling. I'm not. I'm not googling this. Mm, do that. No, you should. No, you can I'm, trust me. No, I. I when do. have I ever ever told you to Google something that turned out to be horrifying? <laughs> <laughs> two days ago, was it? Yeah, maybe? Maybe two days ago. Yeah, mm. You know, snakes or whatever, something popping out in a video. Well, uh, you know what else was? Uh, I wouldn't say horrifying, but um, would you say like a, a train wreck? It was a kind of a train. It was an entertaining, uh, but sad. Yeah. Frustrating. It was a Twitter thing. 
That's what this is bonus episode is all about. This is, this is, oh, a, so we should probably mention that we had a, another we had a sixteen episode scheduled, already ready to go, and now it's gonna it's gonna drop tomorrow on Tuesday. We're so pushing that one day, pushing that one day, so we could drop this one. We want to talk about this thing that happened over the weekend where well, it's about John MacArthur and Beth Moore, mm. um, and you know John MacArthur, uh, famous uh, Bible preacher, pastor, yeah. Uh, president uh, or was president of Master's Seminary and College or University or whatever. Um, and uh, Beth Moore, a famous uh, preacher, teacher, yep. and um, has written a lot of books. And it's all about that. It's, it's all about that because of uh, some conference that was going on this. Uh, so, yeah, what, what, con- what, what that, that, that Truth Matters Conference, right? Truth so- ma- <laughs> ironic. Truth well, Matters well, Conference. You know, oh, I'll get, it, I'll, I'll, I'll get to it. I'll I was, get to it. I was that ironic. Oh, because there was a little bit of untruth in there, something that was said, but we'll address that. So the Truth Matters Conference, uh, there was a panel, there was a few panel discussions. And uh, on one panel discussion, uh, you had uh, Todd Friel, mm-hmm. who uh, is moderating. And it was John MacArthur and Phil, Phil Johnson, yep. and I think there was another guy in there too. Um, if you don't know uh, who uh, Todd Friel is, he is the guy who does uh, Wretched, Wretched Radio, yeah, yep. Wretched YouTube yep. stuff. He's got that. Uh, he's a real. He's like a got a like a flamboyant kind of personality where it's like. Uh, I don't mean it's a bad way, but like no, no, no. television, like uh, yeah, he's he's got a good like he's got a good presence. If yeah, you want like, to like, yeah, he's it's it, yeah, it's a presence. Uh, uh, I'm not, I don't know. Anyway, he's not, he has no, the voice. He's like no, his, so. Here's here's the difference. Uh, see, you both have a presence, you you, you mm-hmm. guys, right? Yeah. Uh, yours is a bit more uh, maybe subdued. Uh, I would say introverted uh, and depressing. Okay. Where he is. (laughs) Okay, I'm following you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, He is just, he's out there. He's bold and Mm -hmm. uh, he's joyful. He actually enjoys life. That's the difference between you. I'll tell you what I like about him. There's a lot of things I like about Todd Field. One of the things I really really like about him, his voice. He's got a cool voice. He's got a really nice voice. You know who he sounds like? Uh, Ghostface. From Scream? From Scream. He sounds like Ghostface. <laughs> you listen to Todd Friel and then listen to Scream, uh, Ghostface on Scream. Same voice. Obviously, he's not killing anybody. So um, so Todd Friel, he's doing this uh, panel discussion uh, with uh, with the guys. And he says, I'm going to give you one word. And I want you to respond with a with a pithy statement or response, yeah, retort. Yeah. And the one- They're trying to have a little fun. Just trying to yeah, you this, know, panel provide- are, Listen. Panels, yeah. they're the worst. The worst. They're you go, horrible. Everybody who speaks at uh, the conferences, not everybody, a lot of the people that speak at these conferences, they'll all say panel discussions are boring. It's, they don't get mixed up enough. They're not fun enough. All that. So, so he was much, trying to introdu- introduce something. Fun. Nothing wrong with that. Yep. Nothing wrong with even throwing out a name where there's been some controversy or disagreement, yep. right? So he throws out, well, it wasn't one word. He throws out two words. He says, Beth Moore. And uh, we'll, we'll, you, we'll link to this if it's still up on YouTube mm-hmm. so you can listen to it. Oh, what was, uh, what was uh, J-Mac's response? Uh, go home. <laughs> okay. So that was his response. And he was asked to give a pithy response, and he did. Everybody's laughing, having a good time. <laughs> now, some people were really offended at those words. All right. Like, what's wrong with saying go home? I think some people took it as it, it, it came off dismissive i think to some it came off mm-hmm. dismissive uh I, I think some people especially in our twitter outrage age right. uh assumed that it was unkind yeah right like people try to assume motives and so for some it came off unkind and uh and kind of came off as for some people just saying go back to the home where you belong take off the shoes 
get pregnant, stay in the kitchen. That's it. Now, he didn't say that. He did not say that. I don't think he's even implying that. I don't think so. But people took it that way. Yeah. I can understand why they would take it that way. Now, the best, I think the best case scenario for interpreting his words is he's saying, stop your erring ways and get out of the spotlight. That's, I think yeah. that's probably the most ge- generous way to interpret what he's saying. Yeah. I didn't like what he said. I thought, I thought it was unkind, but whatever, you know, I, try to interpret it positively. Yeah. And you know, here's the thing, go home. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing to say to certain people. I think mm-hmm. to a heretic, it's a very good thing to say. We need to. We yeah. need to stand up to false teachers, those that are promoting false doctrines, uh, that are leading the church astray. We, Yeah, you, we need to confront these heretics. Now, we don't believe Beth Moore is a heretic. She, no. she As far as we can tell, she is an evangelical woman. And uh, so I think – and we believe in that you address Christians and brothers and sisters even when they're erring differently than you do heretics. So We had a whole conference about it. We did. We in, did. In, you know, in California, California. Rancho Santa Margarita. Yeah, it was a pretty sweet time. Now, uh, so uh, there was a lot said there. Um, and, you know, one of the things that that – MacArthur said again and again was, uh, there is no case for a woman to preach. No women preachers. He kept saying it. He said it, he said it a few times, but he never really offered a definition yeah. of, of what he means to, by preaching, didn't offer any qualifications. And so we're going to talk about that um, yeah. in just a little bit as well. And then, yeah, and then Phil Johnson responded. Uh, now, I will say this. Between Phil's and MacArthur's response, I actually felt like it, I disagree with Phil on his response. But it felt like he actually gave thought to that, to his response a, a bit better because he actually tried to explain what he meant by it. Now, again, I disagree yep. Yep. with him, but at least it was a, 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 a like, yeah, there was content. There was content. There was content behind right. it. Right. And right. so Phil Johnson said, uh, she is quote narcissistic that she's, uh, preaching herself rather than Christ. And so he quotes her, uh, by saying, uh, open quote, uh, I read the Bible and I try to find myself in the narrative. Close quote. Okay. So, uh, all right. So I, I, I barely know Phil. We, we met once. We've had some exchanges online. Um, th- the problem is, uh, there's a, there, you, you can, you can take somebody's statement. Something that they say, yeah, and you can interpret it in a good way or a bad way. You can try to understand it in the best light, like we did with with J Max Go Home. Yeah, you could, well, here's the best possible way to, that that can be understood, and here's the worst possible way that yeah. that can be understood. Now, um, the bad way to understand, I read the Bible and try to find myself in the narrative, is to say, oh, it's all about me. Yeah, the Bible's all about me. Now, if that is your word of faith, heretical notion, then yes, that needs to be condemned. But you can also mean something good by that. It's not, yeah. it, maybe it's not the cleanest way to say it, but what you could be saying is, hey, you know what? The text speaks to us, yeah. it addresses us, and it shows us uh, what we are and what we should be along with who God is and what God has done. Yeah, and so how we, we are that. to respond to yes. him and how our, our place in, in his presence. Now, see, the, the oftentimes the problem is, is people try to find themselves in the scripture and they identify themselves with the hero yeah. instead of the rescued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that, that's, that's a problem. So you, yeah, you are not David. Right. So, I mean, it's like, that, that's, I just think that that's really straining at something that she said. Yeah. So this is why, like, like I said, between the two, I disagree with Phil on it, mm-hmm. but he at least tried giving some context yeah. behind it. Cause he's got a legit concern about something she said. Correct. Now, MacArthur, though continued and says that Moore has the skills to sell jewelry on the home shopping network and that this doesn't qualify you to teach. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty rude, man. Like 
basically say like she can hawk jewelry. And that's literally the word. Yeah. Hawk. She can hawk jewelry, but, um, but that doesn't qualify. And it, it, I mean, I think, I, I don't know how else to word it, but I think it looks like, uh, well, with MacArthur continuing, he's kind of showing exactly what his main issue is. Cause he says, he talks about like these women want to be senators, Congress people, president, they want power, not equality. And so you see then, well, yeah. his issue is not necessarily Beth Moore. His issue is feminism yeah, and an aggressive type of feminism. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, we know that there were at least three waves of feminism and, you know, it went from, you know, a good thing ultimately to, I think, a, a somewhat twisted thing. So I, I get it. But then he said something that was just patently untrue, which I thought was funny because it's the Truth Matter, Matters Conference. MacArthur, well, bi- biblical truth, yes. Yeah, he said, he said, now the one thing he said was, listen, we have to be careful not to let the culture exegete the Bible. Bam. Right? Oh, good. Yeah, good. agree. I, I, I totally, totally agree. Now, um, but then he's like, you know, but you look at Resolution 9 from the SBC's 2019 annual meeting, uh, Resolution 9 dealt with intersectionality mm-hmm. and critical race theory. Um, and he said that Resolution 9 states that intersectionality and CRT are helpful tools for interpreting the Bible. Wait. Now, did you read Resolution 9, Jimmy? Yes. Yeah, so did I. Does it say that? I don't remember it, it saying that at all. It does not say that. I went back and read it again. It does not say that. It doesn't come close to saying that. And so here's the thing. Is MacArthur lying? Is he a liar? Am I a, do I want to assume the worst? Like he is just an old liar. Or is he just mistaken and speaking out of turn? And I, I would err on this. I would be leaning to the side of... He he misspoke. He's just wrong. He's, he's ignorant of what it actually says. Yep. So, or he f- forgot that that could happen. He forgot. Mm-hmm. So, look, uh, <laughs> we got we got to be a little more generous with each other as we're trying to figure this. And it's kind of hard, like when you're on that panel, right? Like when you're on the panel and things are going on and things are being said and you're being asked questions. Um, it's hard to remember everything at that time. So that's why, like, when you're in that kind of situation, yeah. So that's why I'm trying to say it's easy to misspeak. And in that context, because you don't have all your notes, you don't have everything you prepared and the flow and your definitions and everything you're trying to do. And so the big boys don't need notes, Jimmy. Yeah. Okay. Well, for for the rest of us, understand. Yeah. For the rest of us, big dogs. Yes. For the rest of us, us, leading men. For the rest of us, it's easy (laughs) then to look and say, okay, yeah, they might. He could just misspoke. And so, and listen, and when you do, then you man up and you say something, and maybe they'll, maybe they'll, maybe they will. It's only been a couple days, not even. All right, so let's get into some of these issues here. We're gonna we want to give everyone some specific encouragement of how to address erring brothers and sisters, especially those with public ministries. Mm. But before we get to that, let's just talk about a couple of things that have come up here. First of all, um, no women shouldn't preach. This whole idea can women preach? What do you say, Jimmy? Well, and listen, we've talked about this. We have talked uh, about we, it. We 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 we've been unclear. We've been clear. We've we, we've we, we've tried to mm-hmm. to correct the way we say things, Jimmy. For the record, for the record, I want to be as as clear as I can be as a complementarian. The answer should be yes and no. Oh, see, you're just you're so <laughs> you're so squishy. Just that's how look, soft a complementarian you are. You just take the listen. shape of whatever cup you're in. <laughs> the answer should be yes or no because in there's there's many areas that yes, a a woman should be allowed to preach and to talk, whether it's at a at a conference, whether it's at an event. Yeah, from from uh, women's ministries to Sunday school classes, yep. uh, other sort of, of and again, this you have to define preaching, right? Now, I, I think it's funny because like I've read books on the history of preaching, I've read books on preaching, and by and large, pretty much everybody says that preaching is 
uh, in a biblical sense, is proclaiming the word of God to an audience. So it's not a monologue, right? Uh, I mean, it's not a dialogue. It is, a, it is more of a monologue. So, uh, but if you're going to define it, well, preaching is when an ordained minister is, is expositing the word, then okay, you can, you can have that definition and say women can't preach. But uh, for complementarians, yes, women can preach. In some areas, you said no in others. Uh, and for most complementarians, I think the vast majority would say, well, they should not preach uh, to the church gathered on the Lord's Day yep. uh, in the assembly. Um, now, some complementarians would say, well, they can, uh, as long as they're under the authority of the elders. Yep. They're not an elder. They can preach. And uh, while we might disagree with that, we don't really think it's that big of a deal. Um, at least I don't. I don't. Um, and here's the thing. You know, Krista McDunn. You know Krista McDunn. Oh, yes. Everybody knows Krista McDunn. Yep, and we're seeing Krista tomorrow when we uh, oh, yeah. uh, we got a plan for the 2020 conferences. Going down in the fall of 2020. Yeah, it's going to be great. Oh, it's going to be good. Krista's going to fix it. So um, she she was like, hey, you know, it's funny. Why, uh, why is John MacArthur always going after Beth Moore for preaching when she preaches on occasion? And not just John MacArthur. We're yeah, but John MacArthur in particular. But yeah. Well, but everybody's going after. Why is everyone going after the, the individual rather who's than... Who's invited. Who's invited rather than the church that's inviting them. Why, why are you well, not going well, after the pastors? pastors? Yeah, what about the pastors? I don't hear boo about the pastors. Yeah. I hear nothing, which is a really good point that Krista brought up. Like, come on. Like, that's a really good... Why? And again, like, listen, I don't want to... I don't want to... I don't want to assume why, but you can see how that looks. No, yeah. We're going to go after swinging at this, at this lady. Uh, at this sister in Christ. Yeah, right. And, uh, but we're going to, but for the people who have authority, for the people who have the responsibility. For the people that are the shepherds and the overseers mm-hmm. of that local congregation. Nothing. I don't hear anything. Maybe I'm missing it. Yeah. All right. So those are our thoughts on uh, women preaching. Uh, what do we think about John MacArthur? I mean, it's, it's hard not to be. I'd be, I am, I would be really surprised if people were not thankful. Right. Mm-hmm. People are not thankful for the ministry that God has uh, done in and through uh, John MacArthur. I mean, as, as Joe said, he's a fantastic uh, expositor of, of God's yep. word. Right. Man he's, can preach. The man can preach. And he's he's faithful to the text. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he yeah. even when even when I disagree with him and I, theologically and I, we do a lot. He's he's not. Yes. Playing games with the nope, text. That's right. Either he's misinterpreting or we're misinterpreting, but he's really faithful to the Correct. text. Correct. He, he works it through and he tries to see how it all connects. And he's very consistent. Mm-hmm. He's very consistent in that. You know, and I've told, I've told people a, a million times. People want to say- well, A million times. Literally. Literally a million times you've said this. So, so, so here comes a million and one. Did you- <laughs> Steve McCoy <laughs> sent us a tweet- he was at a church. I won't mention which church it was, but mm-hmm. it's, it's an Acts 29 church. Mm. So he was he was at this church uh, visiting. I won't give you any oh. context. <laughs> he's at this church, and he's like, yeah, I'm at this church. And he said, I, I miss Redeemer's preaching. And uh, and then he gives us a quote. Navy SEALs go through hell week where literally they are put through hell. <laughs> really? Literally, guys? <laughs> this, is, this, this will trigger Steve. You want to trigger Steve McCoy? <laughs> use the word literally inappropriately, and he will lose his mind. And then they practice intinction. So there's that too. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I've told a number of people on, on a number of occasions that, you know, when I got converted, I was reading the Bible over and over and over again and loving it and learning so much. And then I decided I should probably read some books. Mm-hmm. And so I bought a Chuck Swindoll book. It was all right. Mm-hmm. You know, it was nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. but you knew you had to. You were, you know. Yeah, you know, I was like, yeah, all right. And then I picked up a John MacArthur book, Our Sufficiency in Christ. Blew Mind my. blown. Oh, my gosh. It changed 
everything and it made me know I need to read good books. That's that was the that was the starting point. And I went straight to uh Charles Hodge and 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 true like deep reformed theology, not just Calvinistic theology. So uh, grateful for John Mack. I would say thankful, grateful. Now, here's the thing. We don't use, for example, or promote the John MacArthur Study Bible at our church. No, because we're not dispensationalists. <laughs> so I know I always find it funny, like all these guys that are saying they're reformed, like they love the John MacArthur Study Bible. And I'm like, well, okay, yeah, it's not there's a lot of good stuff in it, but there's also dispensationalism in there. I don't know mm-hmm. why you'd want to really get behind that. We're not going to do that. So we don't really promote John MacArthur stuff uh, because we have a theological disagreement. We think he errs in his theology. Yeah. And, you know, not on orthodoxy, but nope. in some areas, like, like on the millennium, for example. Um, but I, I would say when when I and I, I think I could speak for Jimmy, we're, we're we are disappointed or saddened that the latter years of his ministry he seems to be more divisive, divisive, yes, and angry uh, than is appropriate, especially with brothers and sisters. And so, like, I mean, those have, there's been some of us in Acts twenty nine that have been on the wrong end of of his. Would uh, you? I'll use the word, and you don't have to agree with me. Mm-hmm. Pugnacity. Pugnacitate. Yeah. 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 You know, he, I, I think he's, a, I think he's become a bit pugnacious. So that's what we think of JMAC. Thankful, grateful. Don't really like how things are kind of winding down for him, but, um, but, but God's I've used also him. said, well, I haven't used the word pugnacious, but I think I've, I've said the same thing about people like, like John Piper in his later years. Might not be not time, pugnacious, though. But not pugnacious. No. But it's time to hang up the Twitter. <laughs> Just start recycling the old ones. Ain't nobody reading them anyways. Nobody can tell. All right. So, um, what do you, what do we think about Beth Moore? I, it, it's hard to kind of like to figure her out per se, right? Yeah, because like she fair. doesn't she doesn't have a a. There's no real doctrinal statement or confession. Uh, we can only go off of what she's been teaching, right? right? And what we see. And and I don't really, you know, I don't read her books or anything like that. But I, I've I've heard her say things like, you know, and again, it's it's evangelical mm-hmm. sort of common. Uh, language theology, right? Admit you're a sinner, believe in Jesus, repent of your sins, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. When it comes to getting saved. Uh, and the Lord has used her yeah. with all of that. She does appear to be evangelical, yeah. And, but that suggests that what she's saying, though, I don't really hear heresy. No, nah, I don't, I don't hear heresy. The, unless, unless I'm missing, because I don't sit there and, you know, go yeah. through hours and hours of, of her material. Here's the thing. Um, so we don't use John MacArthur's study Bible here. We yep. don't promote that at Redeemer. We've got other study Bibles that we would promote. Uh, we don't promote Beth Moore stuff here either. And it's not because she's a bad person or John's a bad person. It's because we have theological disagreements with her where she has spoken. And it's specifically on sort of like... On, on revelation, how God speaks, yeah. and stuff like that, uh, which yeah, make us this, uncomfortable. Yeah, kind of this. Uh, uh, yeah, she's getting, receiving a word from the Lord. Yeah, a little, little on the charismatic side yeah. with that stuff. Um, but listen, God has used her. I know many people that have been impacted, converted through her ministry, called to ministry through the things that she had said. So the Lord has used her. Um, so we're not. We don't hate uh, John MacArthur. We don't hate Beth Moore. Mm-hmm. That's a brother and a sister that Jesus died for. That uh, that we are grateful for, and so I think what we really need, since we're we're we tried laying the groundwork, right? That these are these two are brothers, brothers and sisters in Christ. So then, how do we call out or respond to those that are in error? And what we're going to say here, some of the things that we said at the conference yeah. on contending for the gospel, um, when it comes to correcting Christians, 
who are in error, especially teachers. Now, um, let's just get this out of the way. You do not have to privately engage with a teacher uh, about their doctrine before you publicly engage them if what you are engaging are their public Correct. teaching, uh, preaching, and content. So like everybody can relax. Like, I, I always like, did you go to them first? No, nah, man, because I don't know them and they put this out there publicly. So now I'm responding publicly. Correct. Totally yeah. appropriate. Yeah. Right? Same thing when people, you know, uh, disagree with us and they respond to us. They're responding publicly yep. because we have put it out publicly. And yeah. so, yeah, it's fair game to criticize. And sometimes when they like private message us, I just archive it. I don't even read it. I'm just like, archive. Do you really? No. Oh, I was like, no. oh. <laughs> but you can, right? When it's public, it's out there. You can, it's harder to ignore it, I feel mm-hmm. like. And you still can. All right. So when we are going to uh, correct a brother or a sister who is erring in their doctrine, in their teaching, in their practice, uh, we're going to give, what, Jimmy, do we have seven? Uh, uh, seven ways to uh, yep. do this. You yeah. want to go first? Or you I'll go, go first. Second? All right. So uh, when you look at scripture, I mean, it calls us to correct brothers and sisters uh, in, in seven different ways. First, scripturally, Second mm. Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, oh. for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so there you see right mm-hmm. there, we, we, you know, this, that's where we agree with founders. By what standard? The scriptural standard, right? right? And so as, as you are, uh, correcting our brothers and sisters, we should be looking to the word of God and, and saying and just really proclaiming what it is, uh, the word is saying on a certain situation. And it even tells us, right? It's, it's really pro, you, you want to be profitable? Mm-hmm. Then don't just dog somebody. Listen, Jimmy and I love the dog. We dog each other. We love dogging people so much that we know we can't really do it. So we dog each other really hard because yeah. it's fun and we're good at it. And uh, but it's not profitable. It's ultimately not going to produce the change. But Scripture is, and so like, and, and look at even it has the end, the aim involved that they might be complete equipped for everything. Yeah. We'll come back to that. All right, number two, if you're going to correct a brother or a sister, uh, you should do so boldly. Mm. You don't have to be all, uh, all timid and shy. You don't. You don't have to be a mouse about it. Uh, but boldness is not arrogance. Boldness is confidence. It's confidence in God. It's confidence in God's word. And that is different. First Timothy chapter one, verses three through seven. As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies, which promote speculation rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Certain persons by swerving from these have wandered away into vain discussions, desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they are saying Mm -hmm. or the things about which they make confident assertions. So listen, you have to correct brothers and sisters scripturally, and you should do so boldly. And here's the thing. If you're not bold, if you're not serious about it, nobody's going to pay attention. There there is a place for boldness and, uh, and it's an important place. So you should be bold, not arrogant, confident in the word of God. I think that's an important one. Number three, uh, when you correcting brothers and sisters in Christ, you should be doing it uh, gently. Oh, you saw complementarianism. <laughs> gently, right? Little, oh, you know what? I'm going to pa- go look at scripture and what it says. Your pastor hands. What? No, your hands are like silk pillows. <laughs> well, Gal- well, you go ahead. Galatians six one, brothers. If anyone's caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a what spirit of gentleness. Jimmy, it says him though. <laughs> 
doesn't say her. <laughs> oh, you can't. Oh. Off the hook. Off the hook there. Yeah, you literalist. Uh, it continues, keep watching yourself, lest you too be tempted. Mm, spirit of gentleness. Right? So we're, we're called to be gentle when we do it because as, as Joe was saying, it's, yeah, we're, we're called to be bold. We're not, we're not called to be uh, timid, but that doesn't mean arrogantly. Mm. Uh, our confidence is in God's word, but also gently though, is because- yeah. You, you're going to receive an audience then. If you're just going right at someone. Bold and gentle. Bold and gentle. If you can't put those two things together, then you're bad at spiritual math. How's that, Jimmy? You like that? That's so, pretty um, good. But Jimmy, like this whole idea of being gentle, right? Like why, why, why gentle? Like what would move them? What should move us to be gentle with uh, a brother or a sister who is Aaron because they are they're they're made in the image of Christ right mm-hmm. they've been redeemed yep. they've been adopted mm-hmm. they are they uh, are able to cry out uh abba father right. right right and because they're not our enemy yeah they're oh. not our enemy mm-hmm. i mean second thessalonians if anyone mm-hmm. does not obey what we say in this letter take note of that person and have nothing to do with him that he may be ashamed do not regard him as an enemy but warn him as a brother oh. It kind of feel. I'm just, I'm just gonna say. It kind of felt like Beth Moore was the enemy on that on that panel. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. Person that's how it felt. <laughs> um, and we've talked about this a little bit. We've, we've alluded to it. Scripture calls us to correct our brothers and sisters. Hopefully, right? Because you know what what is our hope in correcting them? What is our aim? Do we want to see these people just cast out? Do we just want to see them ignored? Like sometimes that's how we think. Like this is a false teacher, or this is an erring brother. Really, is what we're talking about here, or an erring sister. We just we just want to see them ignored. But that's not that's not what we see in scripture. What mm-hmm. we see is like we should aim in our correction for them to be restored, that we might win them. Like that's the aim. So it, you know, our hope is that they will change. Mm-hmm. And so the way that we approach this matter of correcting brothers and sisters, the way that we do it is very important. Uh, number five, it, we should be correcting our brothers and sisters in Christ patiently. Right? Why? Because let's people, go. Let's go. Because <laughs> people don't change overnight, Joe. Well, where are the hustle at? <laughs> well, I don't know about you, but uh, uh, any major changes that have happened in my life, mm. uh, it, it's taken time. It's taken time to grow and to uh, see my errors and to have brothers and sisters uh, correct me. And and it, it takes time. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I see my error right away. Uh, other times it takes me a while. Uh, sometimes, you know, that time when you're able to look at it, you look back, you could see, okay, here, here's my mistakes. And it's like, listen, part of the reason it takes time, I think, is because, you know, to, to, to deconstruct and then rebuild your, your worldview or this doctrine and how it fits with the rest of your theology, uh, that takes work. And I feel like the, I think the people that oftentimes change immediately, they haven't really put in the work mm-hmm. to rebuild that. And so oftentimes it's not long lasting. I think it's a really good word to be patient. Uh, sixth, if you're going to correct brothers and sisters who are erring, you should do so lovingly. Um, now this is pretty subjective. Well, what about tough love? And I do love them. So I'm going to say this hard word. That That's all fine. Listen, but here's the thing. Mahoma, I mean, there's boldly and gently in that yeah, love. Exactly. Right. So they are your brothers and sisters. Right. Is your love for them evident? I think it should be evident. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, that that's pretty important. Seventh, seventh. Finally, uh, it should be cautiously, right? Mm-hmm. And and so that what I mean by that is not like that you should be slow about it. That that's not what I'm saying. But that you should show them their error and then warn them where it leads. And I think that comes out of 
love there, right? Because yeah. when you see that someone that you love is going to be uh, hurt or consumed by something that's going to be a danger to them, mm-hmm. you you want to do it cautiously. So it's not just that you're you're uh, uh, warning them or or uh, rebuking them, or but you're in the midst of that, showing them, listen, you're warning them that this is where that goes. Yeah. This is where that line of thinking, that that thought process, mm-hmm. uh, that error is going to ultimately lead you. Yeah. You, you start to press down this line of thinking like, well, you know, uh, people are are completely free, free from the sovereignty of God. They do what they want to do. Uh, they could have done otherwise. Uh, and, and, and they're so concerned about protecting free will. Sometimes, uh, the, this path that leads them down is, well, if, if they really are free, then God can't even know what they're going to do before they do it because it sort of locks it in. So maybe God doesn't know. And you can see how Arminianism has led to open theism in some yeah, pieces. Yeah, I would say open theism. Yeah. You thanks, know, like, thanks, Gregory Boyd. It's like my wife, right? So my wife. She's like, yeah, the, the, the open theist at our she church. She's not open theist. Um, she, uh, so like when she was learning to shoot, right? Mm-hmm. She would hold her Glock. I forget which one it is, but uh, she would hold her Glock. And it was a 19. Let's say it was a 19. So she's holding a Glock. And, uh, but the way, but she's wrong handed. Okay. And, uh, and she would hold it kind of funny. And the slide would come back after each shot and it would nick her right on the, uh, in the span between the thumb and the index finger. It okay. would cut. It hurts. Right. It's called slide bite. And, uh, and so like the guy was like, listen, I'm going to warn you here. You have to change the way you're holding it. Cause if you continue to hold it like that, on occasion, you're going to get bit, and it's going to bleed, and it's going to hurt, and you're not going to learn to shoot properly. So, I think what you're saying, like you know, cautiously means to caution them, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's good. So, this is just a sort of a snapshot of of how we think we should be approaching brothers and sisters when they err. So, if you're going to approach Jimmy and I, uh, this is going to be more fruitful than just yelling at us. We might enjoy the yelling, yeah. uh, but we actually have to take it a bit more seriously when you approach us in these ways. So, if we go back to the panel discussion and what was said, um, what was wrong with it? Like, what was – all right, so what's the big deal? Again, it felt dismissive. It felt uh, that – there was it felt unloving it felt like it wasn't uh trying to warn a fellow sister in christ uh but to treat her as an enemy it was not looking mm-hmm. for uh her good as well as like as well as the good of those that that do follow her right yeah. um micah micah freeze are you uh, sure it's not fries i'm going to say freeze it is freeze okay but good. it's spelled fries yeah it is spelled fries micah your name is spelled wrong so so micah tweeted out uh, to be clear, the problem here, and he's talking about the panel, the problem here is the uh, derisive, divisive manner in which MacArthur and others carry themselves. This is devastatingly dismissive of the inherent dignity, value, and self-worth of women, particularly of Beth Moore. Can't say that I disagree with that. You know, I'll be honest. The way they were talking, especially when it got to do they want to be senators and all this stuff, it sounded like a couple of, of the commanders uh, in the Handmaid's Tale, it sounded like a couple of the commanders sitting around talking about the handmaids, talking about ladies. Uh, if, if it felt, it felt, I've never seen, I've never watched. It, this uh, I know you, you don't watch TV unless there's a masked singer involved. I love the masked singer. Oh god, I'm pretty sure Dennis Rodman is the leopard. Okay, ain't no, is he good? Uh, no. Okay, then it might be Dennis. Rodman. It might okay. be Dennis. Rodman. I was gonna say if he's good, there's no way it's Dennis. Rodman. <laughs> it's, you know, Dennis Rodman was good at a few things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Doctor Dr. Drew was in it. Doctor Drew from Loveline. 
Oh, yeah. No, he was trained operatically, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he did all right. But that, that, that's why he's already gone. So one of the things that I said online is I thought that this was sinful. And I had a couple of people ask me, like, how do you think MacArthur is sinned in this? Like, I mean, I get like, I don't like what he said either, they would say. But where's the sin? Uh, simply put, I believe those men rejected the Bible's command to address her as a sister. They rejected the Bible's command to be gentle, to be hopeful. And instead, they mocked her publicly. I, I'm comfortable saying that that's sin. Now, it's it's it doesn't have, perhaps have the same degree of heinousness as uh, as something else uh, that you know that, that they could have said or done. Of course, there's always a worse way to do it, but I'm I'm fairly comfortable saying that this is uh, this was a sinful thing that that went down. So, Joe, if you're, if you're looking at this and saying um, that they had sinned in this, then what should they have said? How could how could this have been handled better then? Well, um, obviously, they could say uh, – well, they should address their concerns. If they were to say, hey, what do you think about Beth Moore? Uh, of course, have some fun. Be like, wow, man. Well, you know, she's she's not my favorite preacher. You know, you could make uh, – have mm-hmm. the, make the joke. Of course, you could have fun. It's totally – You're trying to have a lighthearted moment. Yeah, to, hey, you know. she's not my favorite preacher. That would be funny. Yeah. Like, I would laugh at that even though I'm not really on Team MacArthur here. Um That's funny. So uh, you could say something like that. But then, then say, but, but here's the thing. Um you know the Lord is user and all of that, but I'm concerned the fact at the at, at the fact that she preaches to the church on the Lord's Day um, on occasion, and in because he, he has a theological biblical problem with this, and so like that you state that and then go so I think that's dangerous and this is where I think it leads to, um, but he, they, he, he didn't do that, right? He, he yeah. could have said we're concerned about her teaching as it relates to how God speaks and whether it's authoritative or not. Like sometimes she says, like, God gave me this word and he wants me to tell you this word over and over and over and say it as my, and it's like, I get that there's like squishy theology, potentially dangerous theology there. I understand that. That's what they should have done. Yeah. As opposed to, um, like we already kind of mentioned, mocking, Mm -hmm. right? Deriding, uh, and ultimately treating her like a heretic. Yeah. You know what happened? Here's the thing. You, you, you treat me like I'm this awful person you're saying all kinds of bad things like why why am i going to respond to you like what yeah. am i why would i engage in that because you're not you're not it feels like you're not even trying i was i was on uh i was on i was on the twitter okay you're on the twitter and uh and there was this uh there was this comment that it was like the uh it was a guy that works for grace to you okay and you know he had said that uh, soft complementarians want soft expositors Okay, well, we've been saying we're soft complementarians for years. Yeah. Okay, before all of this blew up. And uh, I challenge you to listen to any sermon at Redeemer preached by any preacher. Um, we're, we and every complementarian that I know who would say in the past anyways that they were soft, complementar- soft complementarians, they believe in rigorous uh, exegesis. So it's not really fair. And then somebody asked, well, what is soft complementarianism? And he said, it's egalitarianism. All right, so you, all right, it's just not true. I mean, like this. So either you know you're either either you're lying or you really don't know what you're talking about. And it's and it, that is unfortunate. So why would anybody? Why would I bother to engage this guy? He dresses nice, wears a bow tie, but I think he's bald too. So that's a point. But uh, I just was like, what? What are we talking about? Like this is not this is not representing you well. You're not representing us fairly, and uh, you're not. Uh, well, helping. and you're also not uh, representing the Lord as an ambassador. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, again, you, 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 you talk to it, you talk about it rightly. If you have the opportunity to sit down with somebody, it's even great, even better. But but to just lay it out and say, here are my concerns, here are my reasons, that is much more likely to have a proper uh, 
you know, influence, I feel like. So, Joe, if you had one word, one chance, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted, go ahead. Mom spaghetti? Oh, never forget. I, I don't know. I don't know the whole thing. So, if you had one word, Joe, one shot, yet one exhortation to say to these men, what, what, what would that be? Well, I. Oh, that's two words. I think it's important that these seasoned veterans of gospel ministry act like men. And that's a, that's a biblical exhortation, right? You guys should act like men, not like boys, right? And I don't mean like you can't be silly and horse around it, although I don't imagine, I don't, I don't picture, yeah. you know, MacArthur uh, giving Phil Johnson a wedgie. Uh, you know, uh, we might do something like that. No, we've never joke. done that. But don't, we might, don't, we might no, could happen is no, what I'm no, saying. Don't, we, don't, we don't get give goofy. the impression out there that we like, do that. We, we might, yeah, I'm just saying. The point is, is like, I'm not talking about being goofy. Or so. I mean, like acting like boys being immature in the faith and in how we talk to people and in how we lead. So, you know, Titus chapter two, verses two through five say, older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in the faith, in love, in steadfastness. Um, I didn't get the sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled you know what I mean? I didn't no, get no, that I didn't hear from that. the panel. Now listen, I've totally failed at this too. We all do. And when we yeah. do, we got to say, hey, you know what? That was ungracious and uncool. And I'm really sorry for, for how, how I handled that or how I spoke. That's fine. For the record, because I know people are going to want to say, well, how, well, keep going, Joe. You're trying to like uh, let the women off the hook. Okay. It continues. Titus 2. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They're to teach what is good. And so train young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Got to take the whole of God's word and apply this wherever it is relevant. And so, you know, for us, like the problem here was the way things were handled by leaders in the church, not a guest preacher Mm -hmm. or an author, but leaders in the church that many look to. And I think that, um, I think they blew it here. I would imagine if I were to listen to the sermons that I would probably agree with a lot, if not most of what was said. I, I, I don't know. I, I haven't heard them. But um, yeah, disappointed, but still hopeful because, well, I'm sure they don't listen to doctrine and devotion. No, no. Um, I know that we wouldn't be the only people that would say, hey, man, yeah, you kind of dropped the ball there. Yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe address it. Maybe go ahead and just. Just address it. Say say something uh, to acknowledge that uh, you could have done better. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You could follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DocsDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoeFoStore.com, and grab some gear. Fresh pot every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Video content. Ooh, maybe coming back. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Later. Later.